You're listening to Page Up with Dr. Angela Loria, Episode 12, Choosing a Topic for Your Book. Welcome to Page Up, a podcast for authors in transformation, featuring advice on the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block, to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing nonfiction books. Now, get ready to press Page Up on your book with your host, best-selling author and publisher, Dr. Angela Loria. Hey everyone, here we are, episode 12. We are going to talk about choosing a topic for your book. Now there are lots of different ways to get wrapped around the axle around choosing a topic for a book, so I am going to talk about the ones that I see most often. Hands down, the number one thing that I see from people is that they have so many ideas for a book, and as soon as they start giving themselves permission to start thinking about one book, all these other ideas come in and they find themselves in kind of a little bit of a of a puzzle because they have so many ideas they don't have a way to know which one is best and so they just keep talking about all of the ideas and maybe nudging each of them forward a little bit but not really making a commitment to anyone any one choice So you could sort of think of this like uh, playing the field in dating. You know, there's this guy and I really like him because he's creative and fun, but there's this guy and he's got a great job and we end up going on awesome vacations. But then there's this guy that I met at camp when I was 17 and, you know, he's always had my heart for 20 years and he just got divorced. And so you're in this place where you have three or four or five ideas You don't want to commit to any of them, so you're just sort of dating them all and hoping that something magical will happen to make one of them stick. The next thing that I see is somebody who will tell me that they don't have an idea for a book. They know they want to write one. Maybe they've always been told they should write one, but they will say to me they don't have an idea for a book. Now, these people, if you are one of them, raise your hand. Uh, Hopefully, keep your hands on the steering wheel if you're driving. Um, These people often know exactly what their book is supposed to be, but they are afraid to say it out loud even to themselves because it's such a scary idea. Maybe it's so intimate or it's something... Um, that they don't feel like an expert on, so it must not be their idea. But they know exactly what they're supposed to write their book on if you really ask them. And then the third, um, the third type of person that I see is somebody who has an idea, but they don't want to make a commitment to that idea because they're not sure if it's good enough. So that's like when you have a boyfriend you've sort of committed to, but you're not really all the way in because a better idea might come along um, or you're looking for some sort of outside approval. So if you are struggling with choosing a topic for your book and any of these themes sound familiar to you, I think you are going to enjoy today's episode. So buckle in for the ride. I, uh, as some of you know, I am a certified Martha Beck life coach and uh, love Martha. I have so many recommendations. Just buy all of her books. Start with the first one. Um, We'll start with Expecting Adam. There's one before that. You can skip it. Uh, I don't know if it's available. Uh, But start with Expecting Adam and then read everything she's ever written. She's amazing. But 
One of her books that I found particularly helpful to me talked about what she calls the four stages of change or metamorphosis. Now, I don't think of the authors who work with me as aspiring authors. I think of them as authors in transformation or authors undergoing a metamorphosis. Because the moment somebody signs up to work with me, particularly the moment they make a payment, they are at the beginning of their metamorphosis. A book is going to happen. And it's sort of like how we um, we don't, we don't think of people who go to college as somebody who may or may not graduate. They're undergraduates, uh, but the graduation is sort of assumed. That's part of the deal. They're an undergraduate. They're a graduate in transformation. Well, that's the deal with my authors, and that's how I want you to think, too. I want you to think of yourself as somebody who is an, already an author, just as much as a caterpillar is already a butterfly. It's going to happen if you're listening to this show, especially if this isn't your first episode. Um, you are an author in transformation, and there are some stages that caterpillars need to go to, through to become a butterfly. So we're going to talk about those stages, and once you understand these, I think you'll understand the tips that I want to give you about choosing your topic. If you can figure out which of these four phases you're in, and really there's probably three uh, that you're in one of these, it's going to help us identify which of the tools will be the right one for you when it comes to picking your topic. So phase one, Martha calls dissolving or death and rebirth. So this is definitely the scariest phase. And if you picture a caterpillar, this is when the caterpillar goes in the cocoon. And what I always thought before I worked with Martha, this is going to show you how ignorant I am. What I thought happened was that the caterpillar's body was the center of the um of the butterfly. And I thought the caterpillar went into a cocoon and drew and grew wings. But that's actually not what happens at all. What happens is sort of horrifying. The, the caterpillar goes into the cocoon. There is a, a soup that I think of that's kind of like the digestive fluids, fluids in your stomach. And it actually dissolves. It becomes formless. And if you've been a caterpillar, like it's pretty tempting to just stick with being a caterpillar if the option is to become a, a formless soup of digestive liquids. Like that just feels awful. Now caterpillars are not in the cocoon for very long when you think of their whole lifespan, but this is a very uncomfortable period and there is a an urge if you are without a book idea here if you are in this phase one, this dissolving phase, there's an urge to just label a thing and come up with a book idea. And maybe it's something you, um, I use an example for my life. I wrote a very successful master's degree um, thesis. And if I were in phase one, I might be like, I'm just going to pull out that thesis and I'm going to turn that into a book. It may not be the next thing for you, but it's something that feels comfortable. So Phase one, if you are in this dissolving death and rebirth phase, often not the best time to pick a book topic. We'll be able to identify if that's where you are, so don't worry about it. Uh, Martha gives a mantra, and I use these all the time. 
Um, her mantra for phase one is, I don't know what the hell is going on and that's okay. Now, if you can lean into that, I don't know what book I'm supposed to write, if you can really embrace that. And I actually say, take a stand here. I may write a book at some point, but I'm not working on it now. That doesn't make you any less of a butterfly. That doesn't make you any less of an author. If you can identify, I'm in the soup right now. I am not in the butterfly making process. Um, the, the more you can lean into that, the faster you actually can leave the cocoon. The cocoon. Okay, phase number two, and I would say at least 60% of the people uh, who I talk to are in the imagining phase or what Martha calls dreaming and scheming. This is phase two. Phase two is when your book ideas are starting to flow in. So if you have three or four or five ideas, and they might seem crazy, it might be like, I have an idea for a kid's book, and I'm thinking about writing erotica, and I also have an idea for a nonfiction book, but I want to write a, 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 a guidebook or a workbook. I want to do that first, but then I have all these pictures I've been taking, so I'm thinking of doing a coffee table book. If that sounds like you you are most likely in the dreaming and scheming phase. You are becoming this new author, but we don't know which one yet. And so I have some tools we'll talk about today. I'm going to talk to you about a way to defy the laws of the time-space continuum. And we will talk about if you are in the dreaming and scheming phase, how to get yourself ready to write your book and how to make it rise or bubble up to the surface. Um, Martha's phase two mantra, if that sounds like you, is there are no rules and that's okay. Your job is to try out these uh, kind of imaginary book ideas and one of them is going to feel right. It's almost like going to... Um, going to a shopping mall and walking into Forever 21 and trying on some clothes that maybe they fit you, but they don't look age appropriate or they feel kind of weird on. And then going into, let's say, Talbots and trying on some women's suits that are worsted wool and just feeling sort of awkward. And then finding your style, anthropology or free the people or wherever you you like to shop, the limited, and trying on those clothes and feeling really comfortable. So try on a bunch of these different scenarios. I'll talk to you about how you can test them out and see which one feels really good. All right, phase three. Phase three makes up probably 30% of my clients. Um, and this is the reforming phase, what Martha calls the hero's journey or the hero's saga. And this is when your idea is pretty clear. Maybe you're deciding between two ideas, or maybe you're like that person I talked about who knows what they need to be writing, but is a little afraid about actually fully committing to that and saying out loud to other people, even one other person, this is the book I'm writing. Um, those are often very personal books. They're often very important books. They're often terrifying books. If you feel like you know what your next step is, but you just aren't sure how to make it, you might be in the hero's saga. And this is a, a very painful period in that you have this moment often of insight 
I'm in, I'm going to do this. And then you start to do it and it feels terrible. What I talk to all my clients very often when they sign up, things will happen to them that would make them want to quit. So I have to give them some really strong incentives to stay focused on their book because if your car was going to break down, it's going to break down right after you sign up for the program. If you are going to get into a fight with your husband, you're going to get into a fight with your husband right now. Uh, I've had clients who have had their house infested with baby squirrels. I've had clients whose mother fell down and broke her, I think it was her wrist or her hip, right in front of uh, right in front of my author's house. So she became a sudden caregiver while writing her book. I've had women in their 40s become unexpectedly pregnant as soon as they sign up to write for a book. And somebody have a surprise kitchen remodel. So when you say, yeah, 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 I'm totally in, I'm a butterfly, let's do this thing, it doesn't quite go the way we expect. And you really need what Martha calls the tenacity of a pit bull. That is true. I actually try and build some of that into my program um, and encourage you to know in advance when you do pick this book title and you declare it to the world it is very likely that at that point your computer will blow up and you will lose all of the files that you thought you were going to need for this book. So just plan for that. Just know when that happens, that is a sign you are on the right track. And the phase three mantra, which is my favorite, is this is much worse than I expected. And that's okay. Now, Seth Godin uh, has a book that I love, which is all about phase three and it is called The Dip. I am going to include a link to the dip in the show notes. You can get to that at theauthorincubator.com slash 12. That's theauthorincubator.com slash 12 for the show notes. Seth Godin talks specifically about why the dip is there. Um, so why once you commit to something, it gets so freaking hard. And how that dip is actually good for you and working in your favor. He also talks about knowing when to quit. Because the fact of the matter is, things might get really hard, and that might be a sign that you are not supposed to write this book at all. So how the hell are you supposed to know the difference? We're going to talk about that a little more in the show as well, but just keep all that in mind. All right, now most of you aren't here um, phase four, but just to sort of complete the cycle of change, phase four is the promised land. That is when you are the butterfly. It's like crawling out of the cocoon and uh, you're waiting for your, for your wings to dry off and to take off and fly. That's how Martha describes it. And it's really the payoff. Now, this is a really important time I have found with my clients, with my authors, for massive, massive amounts of gratitude. And instead, what often happens is people don't even identify that they're in the promised land, that they are now a butterfly. They will have these cutesy little stories about how, well, they're not really an author. And these are very creative because very often these will be authors on Amazon with a bestseller flag next to their name. And they'll tell me like, yeah, but it doesn't really count. One of my clients, um, Leah DeCesare, she came to me working on a book that was a novel. 
And in the process, she published a completely different book that's absolutely wonderful. And I interviewed her for my other podcast, Book Journeys, which you can get on. Uh, I'll see if I can put up a link to that to that particular interview, Book Journeys with Leah. Um, so, but, so in this interview, Leah actually tells me, well, this didn't count. I don't feel like an author. And people will do this. They will find any way when they get to the promised land not to acknowledge it, not to savor their success or acknowledge their success because they feel more comfortable uh, in another phase of the soup. So they go back to the hero's journey. So um, you will, there will be some sort of cataclysmic event or um, maybe it won't be so cataclysmic. Um, maybe it'll be a marriage. It could be many things. There will be something that will throw you back into square one, into that unknowing square where you have no idea what's going on and that's okay. Um, but for now, the mantra of square four that Martha gives is everything is changing and that's okay. For me, the mantra of square four is I am grateful and unattached and that's okay and that's a tough balance but it is a very powerful balance to be both grateful and unattached and able to be open to the next thing and not clinging clinging to this new identity um, but also knowing that more is in store for you so what I mean by that is sometimes people will write I'll use the Leah example Sometimes people will write a book on a specific topic and they will become an expert in that. Leah's book was on parenting and they will begin to see themselves as a parenting expert and then they will get some sort of download from the universe that they're supposed to be working with, oh God, who knows, Tibetan villagers, um, you know, uh, people in Nepal who are dealing with an earthquake. And they're like, this, but I can't. I'm a parenting expert. And so there are events that will shock your identity and being willing to let go of that as much as you are enjoying it and grateful for the opportunity. That is a really fun balance to play with as an author. So depending on where you are, there are some different tools that I think will help you to um, pick your book topic. The first one I recommend is uh, something I call the book basket exercise. This is where you make a list of anything you know right now that's going to go in your book. And they might seem unrelated. It might be the story of when my cat got dropped in a closet and left there for two weeks but survived. Uh, it might be... Um, and then you might also know that you want to teach a, a meditation exercise that you invented and you think, how can my cat be related to that? And maybe you know you have a book that you love that you want to tell people about in your book. So you write that down. Anything that you know just on intuition or a hunch or for any reason that's going to go in your book. What I like to do is just write those down. In fact, I'm doing that right now. I'm going to pull this up on my phone while we're talking. So I started to get a download for my next book, and it came to me in the shower, which it often does. Actually, usually the pool for me, but water is very uh, exciting. And I don't know what any of this means exactly, but what I wrote down was, everything you know about book marketing is wrong. Forget book marketing. Marketing happens in the book. 
Um, and then I wrote down SEO, three types of books, build your list by the book by making each chapter a free webinar, think like a new, uh, a new school acquisitions editor, book marketing techniques are supposed to drive book sales dumb. Like this is not a book. These are just, this is just a book basket and I have several of them open, but that's clearly the one that's bubbling up for me now is about book marketing because I'm doing so much of that with my clients. And so those are just ideas. It's not a definitive topic. It's not, there are lots of different ways I can go with that. I could tell different client stories. I can interview super successful book marketers. I could interview um, uh, new authors about what they think about book marketing. I could write a guide that gives people instructions. So there's a lot that I can do with that, but just writing that list and sort of seeing what comes up, especially if things are unrelated, and see if the book starts to come together on its own, but keep adding to that book basket until your book really tells you what the topic is. The next uh, thing that I recommend is actually a market validation of your ideas. So I had an amazing advisor for my master's thesis, and she always said to me, she wanted me to describe my thesis in one sentence with no commas. And I want that for you. I want you to be able to describe your book when you do pick a topic in one sentence. It does not include the phrase, it's complicated. Um, but as easily as you can describe your book. And I want you to share that as a Facebook status, as a blog post, or as a subject line for an email. And I want you to see how, what kind of reaction it gets. So there's nothing, you don't have to say, this is my new book title. In fact, don't, because then people will be commenting on the fact that you're writing a book. But instead, just write a little blog post. Like for me, I'm going to pull up my list again here. Um, I might do a Facebook status update that says um, most marketing happen, happens in the book, um, but most people try and skip this step and do the marketing after. And I might ask for thoughts on that, or that might be the title of a blog post or a longer Facebook status. And then I might have another one. Let's see, what's the first thing I wrote? Uh, everything you know about book marketing is wrong. And I could do both of those as Facebook statuses and see which one gets more likes and comments. Now, what you don't want to do, like I said, is say, pick my book topic. I see this all the time. Unfortunately, I've done too much academic work to know how this works. People are answering a different question than you think. I used to run a lab when I was in grad school. And if you ask people what they will do, it's very different than what they actually do. So that's just a couple easy ways to pick your topic. Now, if you are afraid to sort of put yourself out there, um, that's cool too. What you can do in that case is just buy some ads. Give yourself a 50 or or $100 budget and buy some ads on Google or Facebook and just see how people click. And you could even make sure it's people who aren't friends with you um, and use possible book topics and see what gets more clicks. 
Now, the next technique that I want to suggest to you is actually uh, something I call the creativity temple. I'm going to put this up at theauthorincubator.com slash 12 so you can do this exercise, but you can actually do a visualization where you connect with your book in its already completed state. And you actually just observe uh, the cover, you observe the inside of the book, sometimes you can see a title, sometimes you get a message from your book, and your book, when you sort of tap into your intuition or your inner knowing about your book, about the book you were born to write, your book will actually just come on out and tell you what it is. Now, I can't tell you the number of clients who have signed up to work with me on one book. And when we did this creativity temple exercise, another book just inserted itself right in the process. And very often the reason you're not getting your book done is that you are really in square two. You are trying to tell yourself you're in square three. So with your left brain, you are picking a topic, the topic that you should write. Maybe the topic that a coach or a mentor suggested you write. And it is not the book that you were born to write. And so very often I will get this message from clients um, on a, in an intuitive scale uh, that I know the book that they've come to write with me is not the book that they are here to write. And so we go through this creativity temple exercise that, like I said, it's about half an hour. I'm going to post it on the show notes and go through this exercise and see if your book uh, appears and if it's what you thought it would be, uh, which topic you thought it would be. Now, the other thing that sometimes happens, actually surprisingly rarely, is when people do the creativity temple exercise, sometimes they get nothing. And if you do get sort of a blank book or a blank page, this is fantastic news. A lot of people get scared by it, but it just means that you're in square one and you can simply send a message to your inner author that you are ready for the book idea and unattached to when it comes. And the more you can relax and detach, the sooner your book idea will come. Well, I often will do when I talk to people one-on-one, -on -one, which by the way, if you want to talk to me, just go to talktoangelaloria.com and that gives you my schedule. And when I talk to people, very often the thing I am telling them is to release the idea of writing a book and to make a declaration, right now I'm not working on a book. That is very often the fastest way to get a book if you can truly commit to not doing it. Okay, the last technique that I want to teach you is really about sticking with that discomfort of not knowing versus when to choose action. So this is a little bit of a paradox that I've set up for you because on the one hand, I want to tell you, you have to take action to get results. On the other hand, if you're not ready, it's just going to be a wasted effort. And so how do you know the difference? Well, again, this is something I like to test. And I use the author feeling state scale to test this, which is if you have three or four topics, um, ideas for books, or even potential ideas for books, 
what I would love for you to do is give yourself a 15-minute writing assignment. And the only thing that you are going to do is just write the answer to this prompt, which is, why do I want to write about, and it doesn't matter what it is, why do I want to write about donkeys? Um, and set an alarm for 15 minutes. And what I want you to do is identify where you are on the author feeling state scale. Now, if you haven't listened to episode four, go to theauthorincubator.com slash four and listen to that episode and it'll help you identify where you are on the author feeling state scale. But if you can do this exercise, what you will find is the place where you feel juiciest and most calm and connected and collected is the book that you're supposed to write and where you feel pinched or forced or like it's the right thing to do but not necessarily the juiciest thing to do, you won't stick with that anyway, so no bother starting. Um, but if you do have in that 15-minute period that juicy feeling, but you're still afraid or unsure, or don't think you know enough, or aren't good enough, or whatever is coming up for you, that is a sign you're supposed to stick through it, stick through the dip, that book I recommended. So knowing whether you are in the hero's journey and this is your mission and it's going to be hard as hell, or if you're in square one or square two, you're in dissolving or dreaming and scheming and you're trying to force yourself into going back to being a caterpillar, into being a butterfly, that feeling of force and stickiness, that's a sign that you should just drop it and go to yoga class. Like, Don't worry about it. That's just going to be a lot of wasted effort. But if it's hard, scary that is a sign that you're supposed to push through this and get through the dip because that is your assignment from the universe. So choosing a book topic is quite a landmine. If it's easy for you, make sure that you have some gratitude for that because for many people it's hard. And if it's hard for you, have some gratitude for that too because when you do have your topic and you know it's right, your journey and your connection um, to your topic is going to be that much deeper. So good luck picking your book topics. Go to theauthorincubator.com slash 12. Let me know what you thought of the show and let me know what your book topic is. This has been another episode of Page Up, where we help nonfiction authors write a book that makes a difference. If you like the show today, be sure to tell a friend and leave us a review on iTunes. Check out our sister show, Book Journeys, also on iTunes. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list at www.theauthorincubator.com where you can learn more about how you can get your book written.